This is Levi Weaver. I write a lot of weird things, most of them lies. For The Athletic, just kidding, my bosses. You're listening to the Ranger Nation Podcast. Welcome to Rangers Nation Podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation Podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Rangers Nation's podcast. I am your host, the Recliner Nerd, and today's episode is called Let's Make a Deal. Uh, next week's episode may be called that, too. Let's make a deal. This team is sputtering. They have come in. They've lost seven in a row. Uh, they're just uh, a game above 500 now, two two games, one game above 500. In either case, um, it's not looking good. So that's uh, the, the question is, do you buy or sell? I think they're going to start looking to sell, but not necessarily who you think. And we'll get into all of that. We'll go down in the bus leagues right after this. This is Willie Calhoun of the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. This is Brett Martin of the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. Okay, everybody, and welcome to Let's Make a Deal. So let's get right into this and talk about it. Uh, the Texas Rangers have come to a crossroads, and I think there was a, there's been a lot of stuff written about uh, what's going to happen, who who teams might be looking at, who the Rangers might be looking at, who might be looking at what the Rangers have. I think that it, you kind of fall on two two sides of this entire thing. If you whether the Rangers should be buyers or sellers. <laughs> Obviously, in the situation that the Rangers are in right now, it's looking more and more like they will probably end up being sellers. But uh, a lot of people kind of fall on this. If we're if the Rangers are going to sell, then Mike Miner needs to be what they move. And they need to go out there and find and, and, and do what happens there. Uh, those that say maybe they need to buy or stay neutral or do that um, uh, kind of say that we stay with Mike Miner. I I don't know where I fall on this entire thing. I just it's so hard for me to tell you right now where I, where I fall on this. I do know that unless in any deal that the Rangers get, unless somebody that is a potential frontline starting pitcher that's either on the verge of being a major leaguer or has already played in the major leagues is a part of that deal, you don't make it. And because Mike Miner's under control next year, he's throwing like an ace. I think he's had a couple of uh, so-so outings. He gave up four runs uh, Friday night and ended up going six innings with eleven strike, ten or eleven strikeouts. Look, it, it, and it's bothering him. He said it. Um, I was there uh, when the beat writers were talking to him. He doesn't want to be traded. He wants to stay here. He doesn't want to go anywhere. And if you think that this time of year is not affecting these players, you're crazy. These players right now know what's going on. They know that that there are a ton of scouts that are coming to this game. Um, I'm sure if you go to any Frisco game right now that you will see scouts sitting throughout behind home plate. You will see guys with the little guns or whatever watching what's going on. That's telling you right there that they are there looking, uh, the the Rangers, or, you know, look, the, the teams that are in the Texas League that play against uh, – the Frisco Rough Riders are also teams that could, I mean, you got Oakland, you know, uh, Oakland, whose who's team's in Midland. You got the Padres, who are in Amarillo. Um, you know, you've got a lot of different teams that could also be looking to buy or sell, and their scouts could be there to watch those games while they're in Frisco. But the Rangers are looking to add or subtract either one. I'll tell you what they're going to do. If they add anybody to the major league team, they are going to be somebody that's going to be under control. And if they sell anyone, they're going to be getting someone that, you know, they're, they're not going to sell 
uh, Mike Miner without getting something good back. And a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you, you, you know, if you can't get you go trade Miner for what I think everyone thinks you go out to Mike Miner and you'll get the number one prospect from any other organization. And it's not going to happen. Um, Mike Miner is not Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee had a longer track record when he was coming up and trick Cliff Lee was a rental, by the way. Um, he was only here for half the year. Um, and, and we, we did not give up. The Rangers didn't give up their top prospects when they gave up for Cliff Lee in that situation. But I wrote an article about this, about the Rangers are building currency, and it was one of the first things I ever wrote for Dallas Sports Nation. If you go to Dallas Sports Nation and look up the Rangers are building currency, it kind of talks about and lays it out what the trade deadline is like and kind of how this works. And prospects are kind of ranked different ways. Every team has top 30 prospects. Every uh, there's a there's a top 100 prospect list. Baseball America, Baseball Prospectus, Fangraphs, uh, MLB. Um, they all have their top 100 rankings. Plus, they have a top 30 for every team. And excuse me. And so I even had my own top 20 that that we put out there. But what you rank? somebody and what another team ranks them. I kind of put it like this in the article. Here's the way I explained it, and I'll do it to you now if you don't want to go read it. And so basically, you've got, look, if you're looking at American currency and what prospects are ranked, it kind of goes like this. If you've got a gold bar, which is the highest standard uh, up there is like a gold bar. A gold bar would be a prospect who is a top five prospect in all of baseball. He's obviously your number one prospect, and he is a guaranteed major leaguer. Uh, Vlad Jr. was one. Look at the, uh, what's his name, Tatis uh that's out in uh, San Diego now. Those are those are top five gold bar. Uh, Joe Adele's one now for the Angels. Th- those are top five prospects. Now, after that, you got what's called a hundred dollar bill. A hundred dollar bill would be somebody that's in the top one hundred prospects. Not only in the top one hundred, but really in the top fifty. And these are almost guaranteed major leaguers also, uh, could potential all-stars. Some of them, if you're up in the top 10, 15, they're definitely $100 bills. Those those people are probably close. Um, And then uh, those that land in the top 50, obviously, are going to be their top 100 prospects. They're they're almost certain to be big leaguers and and potential all-stars to go with it. And then you've got your your $50 bills. Your $50 bills are going to be your top 100 prospects in all of baseball, but maybe they fall 51 through 100 um they're obviously in the middle or top of every whatever organization they're with uh the rangers right now have a couple of 50 dollars bills they've got uh right now in the top 100 there's well there's different there's different ones that you know obviously hans kraus falls in it he is not a a hundred dollar bill yet because he's not in the top 50 but he is in the top 100 for both co-wins in some of them you still have Leody Tavares falls in one of the ranking systems. So you got a couple people, and it really depends on what other people think. Then after that, you got your $20 bills. Your $20 bills, in my opinion, are your top 30 prospects in baseball. So your 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 top 30 prospects uh or $20 bill, excuse me. They they they're your obviously in a team's top 30. They may not be in the top 100, but maybe in a in a $20 bill, they might be in the in the top 10 of a certain position so maybe you have sam huff who's like a catcher he's not in the top 100 right now but maybe he falls seven or eight in the top 10 catchers in all of uh, minor league baseball that right there kind of looking like a, a 20 dollars bill right there then you got your 10 dollars bill who might be in the team's top 30 doesn't rank nationally doesn't rank in the uh doesn't rank nationally doesn't rank in the uh in any top uh positions and all of that so 
So that's kind of where things fall in like that. And what people don't realize, it, it doesn't matter what you consider your prospects. You may consider, people may look at Hans Kraus and, and we as an organization, the Rangers might say, this is a $50 prospect right here and, and, you know, when we're exchanging. That, 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 this guy right here is at least $50. Whereas another team might say, well, to us, he's only a $20 bill. Thus, you get into the negotiation and the art of the negotiation. So that's kind of the, the way this thing, that's the way I've kind of simplified it. So if, and you know, and I wrote in there and I, I talked about it on the, uh, the deal with the Yankees. And so if you look at the Yankee deal that, that happened, um, the Yankees, I'm talking about when the Cliff Lee, a lot of people don't realize that Cliff Lee was stolen from the Yankees. That deal was already in place and it didn't happen. And so let me explain what happened there. So anyway, so so the Yankees basically had, everybody was already talking about it. The Yankees basically had a deal in place. And what they were going to do, they were going to get Cliff Lee, and this was going to solidify them going to the World Series. But they were, they were going to give to the Mariners, Jesus Montero, David Adams, and Zach McAllister. Now, Jesus Montero was what was considered a $100 bill. He was a catcher back then, and he was considered like a $100 bill. David Adams was maybe in the range of a $20 bill, and Zach McAllister was like a $50 bill. He was a top 100 prospect also. Um, and then uh, Adams had some issues with his physical. So his physical got, had some issues, and it kind of made the Mariners got a little bit skittish about it. Well, the Yankees came back, and they offered the uh, – Mariners, Adam Warren. Now, in the Mariners' eyes, Adam Warren was just a $10 bill. So, you know, at first you were offering me $170. Now you're offering me $160. And, the, you know, the Mariners said, no, we want either Ivan Nova, who was $20 in their eyes, or Eduardo Nunez, who was $20 in their eyes. And the Yankees held out, and they said, no, we're not going to do that. And they thought they had what the, what the Mariners wanted. Well, the Rangers had already been talking to them. And, and and thought that, you know, they had gotten a little close on a deal. They didn't quite pull it. There were some money issues, if you remember this also, that the Rangers were going through the bankruptcy. So Seattle had to eat some of Cliff Lee's salary. So the Rangers went back in and said, you know what? Okay, so if you're going to do that, let's do this. So we'll give you Justin Spoke, who was considered a $100 bill. He was in the top 50 prospects at the time. Um, and that was, there was another, we had another, we, we had a deep system then at the time. And there was someone above Smoke. I'll, I'll look it up here in a second, realize who it was. But we gave him Smoke, and we gave him Blake Bevan, who they thought was a $50 bill also. Josh Lukey, who was about a $20 prospect. And then we gave him Matt Lawson, who was $10 for Lee. And they gave us some salary release. I, th I think we've, I think uh, Blake Bevan might have been the one that 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 had them give us the salary relief for that. So if you do the math, the Yankees' first offer was about one hundred seventy dollars. Uh, you subtract twenty when Adams was was hurt. Mariners wanted another twenty in return. The Yankees offered ten, and then the and the Rangers come in with one hundred eighty bucks. So if you you do your your own thing, someone comes in and offers to give you $170 for something and then says, eh, last minute I'll give you $160. And someone walks in and goes, well, I'll give you $180. You're going to go with the $180. Now, also with the $180 thing that came in that way, now that, that was between what, the, what they thought of these prospects and that's why they were ranked that way. And so they came in and then the, the Mariners ate enough of the salary that the Rangers could keep it under the, uh, a certain amount because with the bankruptcy they couldn't take on. They had to be at the where their budget was at the time. They couldn't go above what their budget was. So they couldn't take on Lee's salary and it be above what they were already paying out because technically Major League Baseball was running the Texas Rangers at the time because Tom Hicks was an idiot and was borrowing money from everyone to, to try to buy players and didn't know what the hell he was doing. And it was a big mess. And so 
they had to, in order for Major League Baseball to approve the trade, they had to eat some of the salary, and that's and that's where all of that went. So, so that's kind of how a baseball system works, and 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 what these trades go. So, for everybody now that looks at top thirty prospects and all of that, and you start hearing, well, the Rangers are talking to the Phillies, and so you go in and you start looking in the Phillies organization. You're thinking, okay, well, they've got like Adam Baum, he's third baseman. You know, he's ranked high. He's probably about a hundred dollar prospect. But to the Rangers, maybe someone else is is a little bit more important to them so maybe they'll go in and if, and if Adam Bomb's off the table and they're not going to give Adam Bomb to the Rangers in a in a trade where they get Mike Miner who, who should bring more than Lee because he's got longer control but he doesn't have the track record of Lee so that's the problem remember you got to remember Lee had also pitched the Phillies to the World Series and won the World Series and was World Series MVP so he had a little bit better track record going into it also so that's kind of where you're looking at now as they get into these deals now a lot of teams have been you know there's a lot of speculation going on out there there's a lot of things with teams uh the other day I think the Cubs the Padres the Phillies the uh who else was there? The Phillies, the the Cubs, the Padres. I can look it up here in just a sec. Okay, so here we go. I found it real quick. So I, I knew somebody. Morosi said the Phillies and the Braves were there. Uh, the Cubs, Yankees, and Padres were there. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they were there to see minor. They could also be some, you know, the, the Astros have some deals working too, so there could be scouts there. And there's not above um, major league talent coming back for that situation. Now, if you're going to get it, like I said earlier, if you're going to trade minor, it's got to be a huge package. I, it just does. I mean, there's no getting around that. Um, it's got to be, there's got to be a, uh, this is the part that's driving me crazy about a lot of people. So on Twitter, you get in a lot of arguments with people, the people that are just saying, sell, sell, sell. And we just sell minor. We get what we can. We need it. You know what? This team is so close to contending. They are starting pitching or they need another good starting pitcher away they're they're just getting a good starting pitcher back they're also just a couple of bats away yes Ruggie's out we got Santana that's great it's not going to happen right now they're going to try to let Ruggie get out of it but I'm telling you now that everybody that thinks that that uh you know it's all about money well money has a little bit to do with it but they're going to play the better players that's the way it is look how Santana's in there all the time now in fact I actually for the first time ever the other night I was at the game and was on TV. My voice was on TV. I asked Woody the question about Santana. Woody has said repeatedly. So there's this thing we go to. If you heard the Levi uh, Weaver episode, he talked about what it's like in a day. You, you get up there. About 3 o'clock, the clubhouse opens. You try to talk to any players that are willing to talk to you. And about 3.30, Woody opens his office, and we all get to go in there and sit with Woody. Now, I never really ask or ask any questions while I'm in there. The other guys usually hit it up and look, they know more than me. But the Santana things kind of bothered me because all Woody's ever talked about every time I ever go, it's hard to take him out. He's our best hitter right now. We're putting him in the lineup. We're going to keep him in the lineup. That's what we're going to do. And so he had him playing first base the night that uh, that that I was there and or, no center field. I'm sorry, he's playing center field the night I was there. Uh, once again, he hit the two home runs off of Verlander that night. He might have played first base. In, in either case, um, he hit the home run off of Verlander that night. Uh, two, he hit two home runs. And uh, and so he was just fan- – I'm sorry. That was – my bad. That was not Verlander. That was off uh, – he hit the two home runs. That was against the uh, Diamondbacks. My bad. My bad. Sorry about that. Anyway, he hit the two home runs that night. And, um, and so – you know, I asked afterwards. I said, "Look, Woody. I mean, you've you've said over and over you're you're, fine, you're trying to find ways to to get him in the get him into the uh, 
into the lineup. Um, you want to have his bat every day. He's a better hitter. I said, well, isn't, you know, is there a point where you just say, you know what? No more moving you all around right now. You're the you're the starting second baseman, or you could be the starting first baseman. Look, I know Ruggie sucks right now, and everybody just thinks it's automatically got to be uh, Santana playing second base, but he's played some good first base, and Guzman's struggling right now. There's not a solid center fielder. He's played some good center field, and he played some center field with Minnesota when he was with them. So could he play center field for, for – uh, for the Rangers and be the starting everyday center fielder. You know, he's probably better center fielder than, than Gallo is. Um, but I think the, the, the natural position right now in the situation they're in would have to be with uh, putting him at, at first base. I think uh, Ruggie's at least barreled some stuff up. He still looks ridiculously bad. And I, I think after uh, July 31st, there's going to be a lot of changes. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So I asked him, I said, is there a point where you just say, you know what, no more – you wonder what position you're going to play. Every day you're going to be the blank, and it, whether it's the first baseman. Just come on in, take ground balls every day. From now on, you're the starting first baseman. And then instead of looking for a way to get him in the lineup, every week you're looking for that one day you can give him a day off because they always try to get someone a day off during the week, um, especially if they're playing a bunch of games. Woody's response to me, if you heard it, was uh, basically – Look, um, right now there's no plans to do that. He said right now he's valuable to us in the fact that I can move him around to get some of these other, and, and kind of in no uncertain terms, get some of these other bats out of the lineup. Um, you know, so I can try to maneuver it around and see if I can, uh, you know, he's going to be in the lineup every day no matter what, which he's played his way into that. But, you know, if I don't think I've got a center fielder that can hit off this guy, then he'll be the center fielder. It's a lot of analytics. And if you don't understand analytics, they're looking at a pitcher that comes up and they're looking at the results that the that the players on the team have had against that pitcher. And if you've got somebody – right now Santana is going to be in the lineup even if he's had – off nights against a, a certain pitcher, he's going to be in there basically every night. If they're if they're not if there's not an off day, then maybe he'll they'll give him rest. But they're going to right now they're saying they're going to keep him in the lineup every day. Well, you go in, you look at the three positions he can play, and you see that Guzzi's never gotten a hit off of whoever's playing. Well, then you go, hey, tonight you're the first baseman, or you go in there and you see that Odor is Odor's 0 for 18. You know, like he does that all year long. He's been 0 for 18 probably you know, three or four times this year, you're 0 for 18, and then you haven't done well against this guy tonight, you're not going against him, you're going to play second base. Center field, you've got your choice between Gallo, you got your choice between uh, um, DeShields, or whoever you're going to stick out there, and, and here's the situation there, you know, DeShields has struggled against Verlander, or he struggled against this guy, um, you know what, we're going to put Santana out there to go against him, plus he'll be a left-handed bat in the lineup. So that's why they're doing with Santana. I don't necessarily agree. I think it's easier if he just plays a position, but he is valuable. He's like a Ben Zobrist. If y'all remember, Ben Zobrist did that for the Cubs when they won the World Series. He ended up playing more second base than, than anticipated that year, but um, he played all over the diamond. You know, Ben Zobrist was playing first base a lot. He was playing second base a lot, but he played everywhere for them and was every day he was batting third in that lineup when the Cubs won the World Series because that's how um, that's how big a uh, – impact he had on that team so it's okay for Santana I tell you what I would trade Santana if the deal was right I know everybody loves Santana and I love Santana I think he's a wonderful player but you've you know you've got to look at every option that's out there you just have to I mean if if, you know I would rather trade Santana than Mike Miner people think I'm crazy for that but I think you try to extend Mike Miner even if you're giving him 20 
million a year for four years, so $80 million for four years. He'll be 36 at the end of that. Verlander's 36 right now. If you've got him for $20 million at the end of that, have an option in there. Maybe you can opt out for five for another 20. Um, worst case scenario, if he slides a little bit and he becomes a third or fourth starter for you, if that's your third starter going into a series, a playoff series, and Mike Miner's your number three starter, and uh, maybe he doesn't quite have in the tank what he had uh, when he got the deal, he's still better than most. He still is. I mean, this guy's a battler. He throws pitches. He, 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 that spin rate gets him the strikeouts. He's in the best shape. He's back from injury. That's probably why people do that. But I, I would try to extend him. And, you've, and you don't need to expend, extend Lynn. Lynn's in the first year of a three-year deal at $10 million a year, so you don't need to extend him. Next year, if you fall out of it, that's another guy that you look to trade that's controllable. But, man, you don't do it. You keep – you know, you if, if you're going to trade any one of them, maybe – Maybe Lynn, but but with that deal being so team friendly and the way he's pitched, twelve strikeouts today, uh, it's it's less likely that Lynn's going anywhere. Also, so what are some creative packages? Who are some people that I'd like to see the Rangers maybe target or sell? Well, first of all, Pence. I think Pence is going to be attractive to somebody. I love what Pence has done here, and he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. He'll come back and sign here, and I guarantee you the Rangers will look to bring him back here again. Pence would never take offense to it if he was if he was dealt to somebody that needed a DH outfield person and we could get any sort of a prospect back for him. It would be a rental player. It wouldn't be anybody high dollar, but take a flyer. Pence would come back here before anywhere else, and the Rangers would probably bring him up, bring him back on a major league deal and maybe try to get him for a couple years for $15 million, something like that. Or, hey, man, give me give me two years at $10 million, uh, or $11 million, about $5 million a year. Pence would come back and be a team-friendly deal. He'd be, he'd be happy to do that. He'd have no problem doing that. And he's not going to be offended going away because this team's fallen out of it. And you're not really – they need to get some more bats up here to do it. Um, and they love his presence in the in the clubhouse. Pence is somebody I'd love to see. Cabrera, you're going to got, cut Cabrera or you're going to sell him. And you're going to sell him for nothing. Basically, if you'll fill up my Coke machine for a week and give me a uh, you know some, some hubba bubba bubble gum, you can have Cabrera. Because Cabrera, as good as his defense is – I'm sorry, he's not hitting his weight right now. He's had a couple, he had a dinger the other day, and I get that. He's played some good third base, but I'm sorry. He's not playing well enough in this team. He's too old to be on this team and be taking at bats away from somebody who could be up here playing third base, like a Patrick Wisdom, who's all of a sudden found some power. Um, He's still hitting around 200, but let's get him some, you know, some major league at bats. Let's see what happens there. Um, Davidson's also another one who's hitting a lot of home runs down there. Maybe he needs to come up. He's only 28 years old. Let's see what he's got. Obviously, Josh Young has uh, done amazing things. We'll talk about him in Down in the Bus Leagues. But those are some guys that, that are going to have to be here. Here's what I would like to see. I, I would like to see after the July 31st deadline, Minor, Lynn, Hirado, Palumbo, there's your top four rotation guys. Palumbo will probably get some starters in there. Jesse Chavez is somebody that's probably going to get dealt. Well, he's valuable. I think he should get dealt. If they keep him, I totally get it. Because if it's not a good enough deal, he's under control next year. And I don't care what y'all say about Chavez, his place is in the bullpen. This is a guy that can go an inning, or this is a guy that can go three innings. I think Leclerc's on there. Sean Kelly's hurt. That's over with. I thought Sean Kelly would be something that somebody wants. LeClerc would have to be a good deal, too, because I think he's a golden arm sitting there. But uh, but I I think there are some kids that need to be up here. 
and I, I think they need to be here. The kids that I think need to be up here are Heineman. Obviously, Calhoun. Calhoun proves he needs to be here. Everyone's throwing a fit over the Calhoun demotion. I've had one guy that got on me and said that, that J.D. hates Calhoun, and that's why this is. No, it has nothing to do with J.D. hating Calhoun. J.D. is in a predicament now of trying to figure out what, look, after July 31st and this is over with, if this team is out of it, kids are going to play. Everybody else is gone. If they can't find a place for Pence, Pence is going to lose at bats. Trust me, especially if they're out of it, he's going to lose at bats. But I think they need to have the Heineman come up. I think that Solak needs to come up. I'd like to see Solak come up here and play some second base. Eli White needs to come up here. He could play some third base uh, over there at the, the hot corner at third. Um, you know, if Santana is is still here, then then he would obviously probably start taking over at first base um, because I, I honestly think that, that uh, Guzman probably needs to go down. But uh, that's who I want to see up here. There's some pitchers that need to come up here that we need to take a look at. One of them's Brock Burke. I think Brock Burke's somebody that's earned a promotion up here. Not yet. He, he needs a couple more starts. He went uh, – he did a – Five innings of perfect ball the other night. I mean, five, 59 pitches, five innings, and then they had him on a pitch count. So they're still, you know, he was injured for, with the finger first, and then he had a shoulder impingement. Um, you know, he needs to sleepwalk his way up here. And if you haven't heard about his sleepwalking episode, you need to go back and check some of the old ones out. It's pretty funny. Uh, uh, Tyler Phillips <laughs> talked about that. But I think Burke needs to come up here. Then you have um, the pitching staff. I mean, there's a lot of good arms. You got Demarcus Evans, you got Joe Barlow, you got uh, Emmanuel Classe, you've got Weichel. I mean, you got you got guys all over everywhere that could be playing on this major league roster to figure out what your the problem is. West Benjamin hasn't been. You know who might get another start? Here's Austin uh, Austin Bibbins Dark. He might end up getting another. You know what? What about what about uh, Tim Dillard? I mean, Tim Dillard is a guy that that someone ought to pay attention to because Tim Dillard is he, he has been unbelievable for this team down there. Brady Feigl is another one that, that he's struggled a little bit. Kyle Dowdy started tonight. Hey, what about Wei Wei J Wang? I think is how you say it. He's back. He was on the. He would already be up here now if he hadn't got hurt. But these are guys that all need to be John uh, uh, Locke St. John. He got a little bit of a taste of the big leagues. That's another left-handy to look at. Uh, Pedro Piano, Piano is the one that they're looking at, probably starting uh, coming up here uh, probably Tuesday. Uh, he was supposed to start tonight for Nashville, and they ended up going with Kyle Dowdy. So that tells me that there's a good chance that maybe Piano is the one. Because y'all know Palumbo was supposed to start tomorrow. Palumbo had some leg discomfort they were throwing a simulated game. That's a pretty neat thing. If you've never seen what a simulated game was, I actually watched one with Drew Smiley. We got there early one day and got on the field and watched it. So uh, he comes out onto the mound. He has a catcher. They, they put the batting cage around him like when they hit batting practice because they don't want foul balls going on in the stands. And uh, he's got a catcher back there. And in that day, it was uh, Isaiah Conner-Falifa and uh, Danny Santana. They weren't playing that night. And both of them, because Danny Santana bats right and left-handed, both of them went up and they would act like it. You know, it, it was kind of like playing wiffle ball in your backyard. Okay, that was a single or whatever. And uh, they just got up. Did a, and if he struck them out, that was a strike. And next batter came in and he went about you know probably about four innings sitting there doing that it was pretty neat how they do that so anyway palumbo was doing that because he was supposed to start 
uh, Friday night. Then they told him he was going to start Monday up in Seattle. He was doing a simulated game with the Rangers. Uh, I believe he was in Houston to a simulated game, and he and he got a leg impingement. Something in his leg started hurting. Um, so they were not going to take a chance. So Palumbo will be back up here. It's Thank God it's his leg. And you know what? The problem with the leg injury, when you have a leg injury like that, is you when you – when you have a leg injury, you tend to favor your leg, and that can hurt your arm. So they're like, you know what? Nope, you're not going to start. Not if you're fake. Because I know that he would want to push through. He probably feels better today or tomorrow. But they're like, we're not taking a chance. You need to be healthy. And make sure that you're healthy before you go up there. Because they're not going to ruin that arm with him favoring the leg and maybe trying to put a little more pressure on that shoulder. That's how shoulder injuries happen. Uh, something on your knees hurting or your legs hurting. And so what do you do? You start uh, you start favoring a little bit and then you throw out a shoulder or something trying to make up for it with just more shoulder motion than you do with... Because you get a lot of your velocity can come off your legs. Your push-off uh, can, can do a lot of velocity. So... Anyway, so that's that, that would be a great – like, imagine that lineup in the second half. Imagine something like um, – you know, I would like to see Chu go. Chu should be somebody to go. And, and why not trade Chu for some uh, – you know, and, and give some salary relief? That would bring Willie Calhoun back right away. So, look, there's some players that are going to be gone. And when they're gone, Willie Calhoun will be back, and he'll be up, and he'll never be in the minor leagues again, at least with the Rangers. Uh, they might trade him. He might be a trade commodity that could happen. The one thing that goes against Willie right now, the biggest reason that he went down and it wasn't another player is because they needed – they when it came down to it, the right-handed bat. Uh, if Willie Calhoun was a right-handed hitter, if he was a right-handed hitter, um, Jose Guzman would have gone down. I'm telling you, he would have, because they would have just moved Santana over, and Guzman would have gone down, and they would have kept Willie up here. But they didn't want Willie to lose at bats. That's what this is about. He was going to lose at bats. You're trying to get Pence in there. You're trying to get Chu in there, Gallo in there. You're trying to get, um, and whether you like it or not, the Shields has been playing great, and Mazzara. And Mazzara is another one that could have gone down, and I think there was some internal conversations about that. And I'll tell you what I think. I think somebody possibly has their eye on Gall- on uh, Mazzara, and that is somebody they would rather see go than Willie. They think Willie's a better hitter than him, uh, and Gall- and, and Mazzara is not that great a defender either. So maybe someone was looking at him, and that's possibly why um, he stayed up and because he still got options too, he could go down. He you know he hasn't had the five years yet, and believe me, if he doesn't get traded. They'll that conversation. It won't be something they'll talk about anymore. They'll do it. They're trying to get him big league at bats because I guarantee it. They're well. They're giving him a little leeway. They want to see him try to get out of it. But they're also could be showcasing him. And he hit the home run today, which might help. He he is not going to carry a big deal going out because under his control. But what he will do is he could be a part of a package that could do it. Anyway, that's what all of this let's make a deal is and what I think they ought to be doing going into it. Let's go down in the bus leagues in just a second and uh, and let's let's check out the, the, the bus league, see what's going on there, and uh, and then we'll uh, do the end of that one. Uh, that we'll make that uh, th- that that the end of the episode. But right now, let's go down in the bus leagues. This is Matt Present, voice of the Down East Wood Dunks, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. Hey, this is Brock Brick of the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast and the Recliner Nerd. Thank you, Brock. All right, this is Down 
in the bus leagues. Hey, down in the bus leagues, we're going to go over everything that the Rangers are doing in the minor leagues right now. Talk about one particular player who's having one heck of a season. A couple other maybe we'll get in there. But let's start out with Nashville. Nashville is 42-57. and 57. They don't do a first half, second half. Uh, they do it all the way through. They've climbed out of the cellar. They are four and six over their last ten. Uh, they they were in the cellar forever, and they're finally starting to claw their way out. Frisco is in second place. Uh, I'm sorry. On, in the second half, let's do the second half of Frisco. Frisco did not clinch the first half. The second half, they are 11 and 17. They are in last place in their Southern Division, um, and they're four and six over the last ten. Now down east, down east had some big changeover. Down east. Moved a lot of people up to Frisco. Doro, Demarcus Evans, um, you know, a bunch of people moved up from from down east. Uh, Leota Tavares, um, all came up to down east. They won the first half and they are winning the second half. So a lot of Hickory players have moved up. Uh, Shirt and Apostel has has moved up and. Uh, <clears throat> Anderson Tejada is down from the year, so uh, but they stay in first. They're eighteen and thirteen, six and four in their last ten, and they're still in first place for the second half. They've already clinched a playoff spot because they clinched the first half. Um, so that's the way they do it in the minor leagues below AAA. Um, they have a first half and a second half. The first place teams uh, in the first. Uh, division in the first half, clinch a playoff spot, and then they know a lot of roster moves get made, and so the next set. Uh, clinch the second spot, and then when the playoffs start, you can move your players if you're still wanting to extend them and play them. You can move somebody from uh, Hickory up to Down East for the playoffs or someone from Frisco down to Down East for the playoffs if they're not in it, if you want to keep them playing. And that's what they'll lo- they'll, they'll likely do is they load up a team for the playoff run, and that, that's how they normally do it. Now, Hickory, Hickory's 20-10, and 10, and they're just a half a game back uh, in, in their division. They're second place. They're 7-10 and 10 over the last uh, – Seven and three over the last ten games, and then Spokane, and Spokane is is doing well. They're twenty and sixteen. Um, they are six and four. They're in first place, and they're already to. They're about to go to the. You know, they didn't start till mid June. They do really short season that ends at the end of August. They're about to end their first half of the season, and if they get one more win, they'll clinch the first half and make the playoffs, um, and then they'll play the second half, um, and. Uh, a lot of people thought that Josh Young, that's where he would start out. We're going to talk about Josh Young for a little bit. Josh never made it there. So he signed his contract. I was out there when he signed his contract, and then he flew out to Arizona the next day. He didn't play for about three or four days. Then he went in his very first at-bat at, at, uh, for the Arizona Rangers. He hits a dinger, ends up playing four games there and going 588. He hit 588 um, in four games. And, you know, everyone assumed, okay, so that he, he's really – he's not – he's – better than this so they're going to send him over to Spokane that's where a lot of your draft picks go this year that that are playing full that are actually pro debuts they go over there now they took him to he skipped directly over Spokane he went to uh, Hickory he was three for four today Um, he's hitting 381 for Hickory right now he hasn't gone long he's only been in five games Um, man his ops is over 800 this look I'm telling you right now uh, you know, I saw Josh Young play some for Texas Tech. I've heard about him. They had him ranked the number 15 prospect in the draft. Rangers took him at eight, signed him below slot. Um, I I got to tell you right now, I'm impressed. I mean, this guy is on the fast track. Look, he'll go from here. My guess would be that that he would end up going to maybe down east by the end of the year. 
I think I know everybody's wondering, you know, can he get to Frisco? It's very, very unlikely he's going to get to Frisco. Um, he played a long season with Tech. He's still hitting now. He'll probably play some fall ball. Um, my guess is he'll end the season either in Hickory or he might, if he just keeps doing what he's doing there, um, he might be pretty short time. Uh, he'll be in uh, in down east because they're, they're going to start this second half. Things start happening. There'll probably be a few minor leaguers that are released. These are guys that are kind of, they've run out of spots and they got to move kids around and they're really not progressing like they want. Uh, there are a few fringe prospects that are in danger of that. Um, so, you know, um, it would not surprise me to see him at Down East. It would very much surprise me to see him at Frisco. My guess is next year he starts at Down East, but he's got a fast track next year. And there is a very slight possibility that in 2020, uh, Josh Young could possibly force his way to Arlington by the end of the year. It's slight. Um, he really needs some more at-bats. Um I don't care what anyone says. Big league pitching is completely different than double-A pitching. Um, If he starts out at down east, gets to double-A pretty quick and is still killing it, I imagine he'll pretty quickly go on up to triple-A to face some better pitching because that's where a lot of your 4A starters or guys that will go up and down and pitch in the major leagues are going to be there. And if he's really killing it there, I mean, look, you play your way onto the major league staff. Um, and you know, I, they, he's working on his game. He's talking to his bat. He's got his little toilet. He's flushing, uh, to flush away the bat. Everybody heard all of that. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed with this guy at his age too. He's a little, he's not a high school kid. So that's, what's pushing him, pushing him on. And so, uh, and we need to keep an, and Heineman, Heineman's the other guy that's playing his way into possibly being here. Look today. I'm just saying, he's played some first base. He's never played first base in his pro career. He played some first base about two or three times in the last couple weeks. He is not in the Nashville lineup tonight. Don't know if it's a, it's probably just a scheduled day off, but he is a good right-handed bat who can play outfield. That's what he mainly is, an outfield, and a pretty good center fielder. And maybe Guzman is going to get down to try to work himself out. Uh, Guzman's struggling. Uh, he's he's looked pretty bad. And so Heineman might be somebody that, that you might see up here real quickly. I think it'll be up right after July 31st deadline, no matter what, because those spots are going to open. Willie Calhoun is the first one up when one major change happens. Um, it's going to be Willie Calhoun. And that I think that would be a pence or chew trade or Cabrera DFA. Look, Cabrera... Cabrera, if he has not moved at all with what this team's doing, he will not play third base the the rest of the year. If they do, I I don't know what else to tell you. I don't see it. They would move him off, and they're going to get some guys like Eli White or somebody up here, maybe Santana who's taking some ground balls. But Cabrera's not hitting very well at all. He's got a little bit of power. If he's not traded to somebody to be a bench player, a role player coming off the bench, something like that, he, he's probably going to get DFA'd and someone will pick him up that way. Um, you know, I think right now you'd, you know, for Cabrera, you would, you would take a bucket of baseballs if they would give them to you. Uh, because I don't see a prospect coming this way at all, but, um, that's basically it guys. That's down in the bus league. That's what they're doing. That's this edition of let's make a deal. We'll get into next week. Some names. If they haven't already made any deals, I, I, I wrote an article um, called the, you know, an, an article I wrote for Dallas Sports Nation that basically laid out a possible trade for every team, um, all 29 teams. Um, there were about four in the group that did not 
have anybody. I just didn't see a fit. You know, when the Rangers are basically, they were calling them neutral at the time. They're probably more in the seller range now. Uh, but I just didn't see a fit. And if you're a seller, uh, neutral teams or sellers are not going to be trading with you um, unless you're swapping out for length. So a team that's a seller isn't going to trade with another team that's a seller unless maybe you got a third base prospect that is blocked on your team, but you need a first base prospect and you know so let's say the rangers have someone like willie calhoun an outfielder that's hitting good and what we really need is a solid third baseman and there's a great third baseman maybe someone like uh it was brought to my attention today uh with uh colorado has one uh well Welkie, I believe is his name, that's blocked, um, trying to get up because they got Nolan Arenado. Uh, maybe you, you we, we do a switch there and get over here to play some third base. Um, I think Eli White would probably be the guy to come up and play more third base, and probably Santana would play some third base there until Young gets here. Um, but that – that's some ideas. We'll, we'll float some names out there. I'll follow on Twitter all this week. You can follow me at Ranger Nation Pod, at Ranger Nation Pod. I'm going to be throwing out anything I hear on trade or anything happening there. I will definitely be throwing out, um, I, you know, from the guys I follow or any contacts I have. Um, I've reached out to them. They're not going to probably share a lot with me, and I don't blame them. But, uh, you know, I will be there. I, I should be. I, you know, my, my credentials are daily. I've put in. I put it in a month ago, but I – not even thinking, put it in for July 31st. That's trade deadline day. I've been told get there early, set your computer up, and just stare at it because you're going to be following people all day, kind of seeing what's going on there. I imagine the clubhouses will be closed for a little while, especially if any of the players get moved before the deadline. The deadline will be about 4 o'clock that day. Should be a fun one, though. Well, guys, I appreciate it. appreciate this one. Uh, this edition was uh, obviously let's make a deal. It's time to start thinking about making a deal. For all of those who have been a part of this one, I appreciate it. I appreciate everyone that listens. And like I say at the end of every article, at the end of every episode of this, nerd out.